Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Violence can destroy families. I decided one day that I could not stand having my children witnessing more of the physical, verbal and emotional abuse. While I was facing issues of family violence, I heard about a service available to assist people in my situation called InTouch. I called InTouch and spoke with someone in my language. InTouch gave me the support I needed. Thanks to the people at InTouch, I've been able to rebuild a better life for my family. If you need advice, contact InTouch for a free and confidential discussion in your language by calling 1800 755 988 or search InTouch Multicultural Centre online. InTouch. Brought to you by Victorian Women Lawyers and funded by Victoria Law Foundation. And the song we just heard was Hanging On by Secretly Susan, uh, also known, known as Suvi Chen. Uh, Suvi Chen is off touring the world now uh, in New York, so I hope she's having a great time. I really love that song because it's about like hanging on, <laughs> hanging on to um, perhaps like an old love but and realising that it's long gone but you're still hanging around. Um, but it's a really great like upbeat song and... Um, yeah, I really like it. So you're listening to Queering the Air here live in the studio with myself, Tan Hung, and... Iris, I'm uh, back again. Yes, Iris is back. Um, so great to have you back in the studio. Hopefully it'll become a regular thing. And yeah. so I wanted to first thank you uh, to Nick from Encyclopedia. Great show before and... Also, like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting live from stolen lands of the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples, and paying respects to elders, past and present. Uh, sovereignty was never ceded, and I'd also like to pay my respects to any Indigenous elders who are listening in right now. Um, so we've got a, quite a few things happening on the show today, um, mainly around like health and arts based interviews and coverage so first we're going to be hearing from Jacob Baum who is a Melbourne-born and based artist of Aboriginal heritage from the Naranga and Garna nations of South Australia so I um, early this week I was chatting with Jacob about his latest autobiographical production Blood on the Dance Floor which is um, which will be premiering at the Arts House from the first uh, on the first of June, which is on Wednesday, um, and you can catch that up until the fifth of June. So it'll only be next week, and tickets are available online at the Arts House Centre. Um, you can also look on Facebook. There's a Facebook event page as well. I highly recommend it. So let's hear now what Jacob has to say about the production. Jacob Baum is a Melbourne-born and based artist of Aboriginal heritage from the Naranga and Garana nations of South Australia. I'm here with Jacob speaking about his latest autobiographical production, Blood on the Dance Floor. You can catch Blood on the Dance Floor at the Arts House from the 1st to the 5th of June. Tickets are available online. Hey Jacob, can you please tell Queering the Air listeners about your latest production, Blood on the Dance Floor, and how you came to that title? Hmm. Um... Well, Blood on the Dance Floor is a new work in, you know, a fusion of 
text, uh, choreography, and video. Um, mm. I've partnered with Ilbidri Theatre Company uh, to present this at Arts House starting next week, uh, Wednesday, June the 1st is our opening night. Um, yeah, it covers a, a fair bit of ground. It's an autobiographical piece, or it's based in autobiography, um, and it kind of explores the memories that we hold in our blood, in our DNA, um, uh, and that kind of comes from my own questioning of of my blood. I was diagnosed in, with HIV back in 1998, um, and, you know, since then it's been a kind of a road back to getting on the rails again. Mm. <laughs> um, but also in that, it's also about, like, when you're looking for strength and when you're looking um, for some kind of answers, I typically go to my my family, my ancestors, my, um, yeah, my traditions. Yeah. And how did you come to that title? Ah, um, well, I was telling a uh, friend, Tammy Gazelle, mm -hmm. another choreographer, she's from New South Wales, um, I was telling her about, I was telling her a story while we were waiting for a plane, actually, um, one time, uh, telling her, because I just started thinking about writing this show back in 2012 mm. and we were waiting for a plane and I was telling her about all this kind of stuff about when I was diagnosed and then soon after I was diagnosed we were doing traditional dance practice because I went to NASA which is the Aboriginal Islander uh, Dance College yeah. up in Sydney and we were doing traditional dance practice and um, I you know in a rundown building I stood on a on a nail or I must have nicked an exposed nail in the wood um, and left like this little trail of blood on the dance floor yeah, behind me. Yeah. And she went, aha, Bala, there's your title. <laughs> oh. So, yes, they have Tammy Gazelle to thank for that one. <laughs> um, so I was very interested when I was reading about your work that you mentioned and you just mentioned earlier that it's an autobiographical autobiographical um, piece that, that mixes text, dance and puppetry. Um, can you tell me? No, not puppetry, but video projection. Oh, video projection. I, do, I, am, a, I am a puppeteer. Mm -hmm. I did do like a postgrad and master's in puppetry at the VCA and worked with some amazing visual theatre makers back then, like uh, Peter Wilson and Philippe Jonti and the crew from Mom and Chance. But yeah, puppetry didn't make it to this one. Okay, not this one, yep. No. <laughs> so video took its place. Um, yeah. Yeah, so can you tell me your choice in using um, these multi-mediums to explore the story and perhaps um, could it ha have only been told in this medium or um, would it have worked in perhaps just purely dance or purely um, puppetry if you were to do that? Well, see, I don't know. Maybe there are versions. Maybe there are different versions of this story or uh, there's, a, mm. there's an ongoing work because I, I would be interested, like speaking with my choreographer, Maria Randall, who we went to college together, the Aboriginal Islander 
dance college together. Mm. Like there, maybe there is a dance version of this, and maybe there is a puppetry version of this specifically mm-hmm. for kids. You know, yes. Um, and you work with kids um, as well, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And back mm. in 2010, I did an AsiaLink residency over to India, where I worked with a company who had been commissioned, and I can't remember if it was UNESCO or UNICEF. <laughs> it must have been UNICEF, I think, yeah. because it was about taking puppetry out onto the streets of, of India mm. and doing HIV education oh. with puppetry. Wow, yeah. um, we don't have that here. The conversation about HIV in Australia has stopped, mm. um, almost come to a halt. When, I don't know why. Yeah. But seeing as I had been you know, writing an autobiographical piece, to me it made sense that, because my career, I started in the theatre at, at the age of 13. Mm-hmm. I went into dance relatively late at the age of 21 um, and then started writing um, design and, and you know, kind of visual, uh, visual art has always been part of my work. Mm. Um, so it just seemed appropriate that I bring all the things that I've done over the years, the disciplines that I've, I have been working in, mm. that they kind of amalgamated into this story as well. Yeah. It's kind of almost like a reflection of where I've come from. Mm. Yeah, mm. amazing. Um, so I wanted to hear your thoughts on perhaps like you said that the conversation around HIV has kind of suddenly come to a halt. Um, I'd love to hear mm. more of your thoughts around that and, and especially around the mainstream narratives that we hear of HIV um, historically right. as well, like it's specifically through this perspective of um, white gay men. Um, so I'm just, yeah. I'd love to hear your opinions on that as like person who holds multiple identities. Yeah, well, more so... Recently, have I have I understood that the AIDS industry, for a want of a better word, um, yeah, generally is the positions held in those in those organisations, those advocacy and support organisations, are typically gay white men. So your programs are directed to gay white men. Mm. Um, so anybody that falls outside of that will find a hard time accessing or find an in to mm. that. Um, you know, uh, but we have all this conversation. I mean, there's so. I mean, I don't know that the conversation around HIV has necessarily stopped. That's probably a stupid thing for me to say, but it's not as prevalent, particularly when we when we're not um, when we haven't tackled the the issues of stigma and discrimination. We, you know, we're, we're still got HIV detection rates. We're getting spikes in detections mm. amongst cluster groups of Indigenous women here mm. in the state of Victoria. Like, so, so all the poster campaigns, they've worked really well for the last 20 years. What's going on? Mm, <laughs> yes, and what, what's going on for those who um, aren't in uh, perhaps that, like, that higher position of power such as... Um, white gay men (laughs) well exactly exactly and see like i know like before i was diagnosed i had a mate who who was diagnosed when we were in sydney hiv positive within a couple of months he'd killed himself now this is not um a a solitary or a standalone event i've known Mm. many young aboriginal mostly gay men that have um 
been detected HIV positive and because of the stigma and the shame, they take matters into their own hands and then yes. we as a, as a community also deal with it very silently and a little bit with shame. It's not something that you talk about. Mm. And it's kind of like, well, that, that needs to stop, particularly now if we've got a spike in detection rates amongst Indigenous women. So it's not, a, not just a gay di- disease anymore. And yeah. it never was. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, how your experiences, if you'd like to share your experiences with perhaps some when you were first diagnosed, being in your own Aboriginal communities, as well as, like, the broader um, gay, lesbian, queer community? Okay, so um, when I was diagnosed, I typically had, you know, for the first year, I was fine, I was moving on, Mm -hmm. I was getting on with life, but then, of course, the whole kind of the shock, the trauma, it was a delayed effect. The shock and the trauma kind of hit me either six to 12 months later. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to self-medicate. I started to go off the rails. Almost like got a death wish because even back then, you know, the pills the pills were changing, but there was still the spectre of, of death hanging around. Mm. You know, you got HIV, you got 10 years tops. Um so when that kind of thing, and that's, I suppose, for anybody that is diagnosed with a what considered a terminal illness, mm-hmm. um, is the shock, the trauma, the anger, and then, well, bugger it, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a hard road to get back on the rails and figure out what you're here for, what you want to do, that this is not the be-all and end-all. I am more than a blood-borne virus in my veins. So, yeah, I had a, I suppose I have, and I think that's a, a shared story for a lot of people that are diagnosed with HIV or other terminal illnesses. That kind of response, I think, is fairly textbook, fairly typical. Um, in terms of my family, my immediate family and community, I was one of the lucky ones. I was given a lot of support. Mm-hmm. A lot of support in terms of, you know, I was just treated and supported just as I always had been, which was great, but it took many, many, many years. So, okay, I, you know, I disclosed my status to family. Yeah. And that's fabulous. I was being supported. But then there wasn't, it took many years for us to actually talk about it. It was like, it's all fine. That's okay, we know, you know, you're still Jacob, you're still you. So the whole thing of not talking about it, I don't know whether that was a coping mechanism or what, but it used to bug me. Mm. It's like, hmm, I needed someone to talk to about this. And then when I would access those kind of HIV support networks, it was only other gay men and mostly gay white men that would be in these... In these um, programs and you know centers so there wasn't mm, wasn't a lot of cultural support um but then the one thing i've noticed over the years though is that the stigma and discrimination is mainly coming from that community the gay white Mm. um well not so much white it's the gay male community Mm -hmm. in general Mm -hmm.
You're listening to 3CR. This is Billy X. Jennings of the Black Panther Party. Power to the people. Oh, no. Freeze, fellas. You're under arrest. What do I do? Um, call a lawyer? Hello, Fitzroy Legal Service. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if you are arrested, you should make a no-comment interview. A no-comment interview? Yeah. Well, how do I do that? You say... No, no comment! comment. To everything? Yes, except your name and address. Every other question you should answer with no comment. So if he asks me what colour my shoes are, I say no comment. Yes, you say... No comment! To everything? Yes, say... No No comment! If you are arrested, exercise your right to contact a lawyer and say no comment. Fitzroy Legal Service, proudly supporting 3CR. Jumbo, you are listening to African Australian Voice on 3CR. Bringing you all the latest in the African Australian community in local sport, local news, music, film, and dance. African Australian Voice, Sunday evenings, 5:30 p.m., 8:55 a.m. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Hey 3CR listeners, you're listening to Queering Lear on 3CR Community Radio 855am. So we just had the first part of our um, the interview that I did with Jacob Bohm on his upcoming production, Blood on the Dance Floor. Now we're just going to hear the second part of the interview. I was reading an SBS article um, about your latest production, Blood on the Dance Floor, and it says something very interesting in there where you mentioned that you're interested in epigenetic inheritance. Can you tell us more about this and how perhaps if it's explored in Blood on the Dance Floor? Well, this, this, I started researching this early into the piece because when I started writing, um, I started researching the virus um, and blood you know, the substance, blood and mm-hmm. virus and blood-borne viruses and all this kind of stuff. And when you look at HIV, it's pretty much a coloniser, which is a strange metaphor to be using in, a, yes. in this work as well. Or, um, But it is, it's a coloniser. It goes mm. into, the, into the healthy cell, the healthy white blood cell. It colonises the DNA of that cell and rewrites the DNA codes in the cell to its own code Mm. so it effectively assimilates and then it uses it to multiply and then spit out more of its own Mm. and so when I started looking at that I went oh Jesus Um, so I started looking into blood and and 
you know, I mean, the, the talk around uh, intergenerational trauma amongst the our community has been around for ages. So I kept looking at that and all these new studies around epigenetic research and how they're finding that trauma and our reactions to situations and pain and shock and traumatic events are almost predetermined, are almost... We have co those codes already written in our DNA structure mm -hmm. and they, we only have to go two generations back, generally to our grandmothers, yes. to figure out what our response to trauma will be because yes. we carry those experiences in our DNA, in our blood. And they did it with... Um, there was one example where they had a group of, I can't remember which part of the world it was, but it was a warm climate mm -hmm. and they had these tree frogs that would go down into the water, come out of the trees, go down mm -hmm. into the water to give, to lay the eggs. So what they did is they manufactured that environment, um, they took the frogs, they chilled the water so when the frogs the first generation of frogs went down to lay the eggs they got shock and trauma from the fact that they were going into freezing cold water not that kind of warm temperate mm. um, environment and so within two generations the frogs had learned to, to not even go there so the frogs were going to the sand within two generations yeah. they weren't even approaching the water and so that they were this was backing up the research that it's sort of like it's it begins the shock and the trauma begins to be coded so your responses are already predetermined yeah mm, that's so interesting um and you mentioned a little bit earlier that you know whilst your uh, performance piece blood on the dance floor deals with your experiences of being diagnosed um does it you also mentioned the elements of hope and um, looking towards the future. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, that was also a response to... Um, well, it's, you know, it comes from my own... Like what I said when uh, I was diagnosed, I go back to family, I go back to culture, I mm -hmm. go back to tradition and elders and ancestors and wisdom and mm. all of that to find strength. So mm. in that kind of trauma, um, that's what this play reflects about how that can be a, a touchstone for you, a, um, a rock, a, a place of a solace where to go and get good sound advice and to keep moving on. Um, yeah, so that's come about just from my own experience, but also it's looking at that, because I figured, you know, I mean, if they're saying that we have this these codes of trauma and yes. pain and responses to shock and all of this in our in us already. Well, then we've got a we've got you a know going by the law of nature. We have to have you know courage, hope, resilience, mm. brilliance. Mm. And then I suppose it, it comes down to if all that is already there, we can already access it. Then mm. it is really up to the individual. It's a choice. Do you become a victim or do you become a warrior? Great. Thank you so much, Jacob. Um, I really look forward to seeing your production next week. Um, thank you for being on the interview today on Queering the Air. Thank you. Nice to chat with you. Nice to chat with you too. We jail black males in Australia nationally at a rate five times greater than apartheid South Africa jailed black males in 1993. The suicide and self-harm rates are the highest in the world and the life expectancy gap is the biggest in the first world. You know, Australians don't like hearing the truth about how bad things are, but the more we resolve from it, the longer this is going to continue.
black fella, white fella, it doesn't matter what you colour. Mainstream media is not interested in this stuff. It doesn't find space to talk truthfully and deeply about issues that affect all Australians. The only place predominantly you will find that with any real depth is on community radio and 3CR has been one of the great leaders in that. So if people are wondering where they should spend their hard-earned cash, I would suggest 3CR is a bloody good place to start. What your name is, we got the hand. Lots of changes, we need more brothers. Hi, I'm Tristan Taramino, and you're listening to Queering the Air on 3CR. Yes, you're listening to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Um, in the studio with myself, Tan Hung, and Iris sitting right across from me. <laughs> um, so just wanted to mention that the interview we just heard was um, an interview I did with Jacob Baum. Um, who is performing his autobiographical dance performance. Actually, it's a it's a mix of mediums, so it's like dance, text, and uh, video work. So he's doing that production, Blood on the Dance Floor, on the 1st of June next Wednesday, or this upcoming Wednesday is the opening night, and it will go until the 5th of June. So please do buy your tickets. You can buy it online at Arts House. Um, that's where I'll be performing in North Melbourne. And also check out the Facebook event page. So... The production, again, is called Blood on the Dance Floor. Do check it out. So um, we've got a couple of songs that we want to play for you, Iris. Yeah, how about we start with some Two Steps on the Water? Yeah, shout out to Two Steps on the Water. Yep, we love you. To, shout out to them. We love you. <laughs> okay, cool. What's, what's the name of the song? Thunderstorm for One. Awesome. Let's hear it. in the trees. It's coming. Alliance is a non-profit organisation dedicated to raising awareness and supporting people who are bisexual, people who are multi-gender attracted, their partners and their families. Bisexual Alliance runs several monthly discussion groups in and outside of Melbourne to offer support, a safe space to chat about your experiences and to explore others' experience of multi-gender attraction. These groups are for bisexuals, those who are questioning and their loved ones. For more information, visit bi-alliance.org or email info at by-alliance.org. So that was just Kate Bush with Hounds of Love. And before that, we had some Two Steps in the Water with Thunderstorm for One. Yeah, and I heard that um, um, you said that two, the, word, the phrase Two Steps in the Water is in that Kate Bush, Kate, Kate Bush song. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Mm, I, um, I got really into like the, the rhythm of the song, so I didn't quite hear it, so I'll have to listen to it again. But I think June, knowing that you're such a fan of Kate Bush, that um, <laughs> you would really like being in a bracket with her. So, <laughs> so shout out to you and Kate Bush. Yeah, definitely. Um, so now we're just going to do a So Iris and I were at for International Day Against Homophobia 
biphobia and transphobia. I think Idahobit or Idahot. Some people call it Idahot. Um, what do you call it? I didn't even realize it was on the same day. I don't, <laughs> okay. re- I don't, I don't really celebrate it all the way. Yeah, the yeah. It's just, it's a day. It's a day that's marked on the 17th of May. And um, so we spent that night at the Equinox. <laughs> I can't even say speak anymore. Is it Equinox? Equinox. Equinox launch, uh, which is um, an initiative by the Victorian AIDS Council. So they they launched um, their new peer-led trans and gender diverse health service, um, which is at 175 Rose Street in Fitzroy. And this centre is going to be providing general medical services, sexual health services, and eventually mental health services. Um, Equinox Equinox will be open Mondays and Thursdays and bookings can be made on 0394162889. So that's 0394162889. Um, do go check out that space. We went to the launch and it was really great. There were so many people there. Hey. Yeah, it was a really great night. <laughs> Lots of people. So we're just going to hear, we got to chat to a couple of people who attended just to get their thoughts on what they were hoping to get out of the space and why they were at the launch. So let's hear that. So firstly, what brings you here tonight? Um, I just wanted to come out and check out the space um, and be here for the launch because I'm really excited about it. What do you hope will come out of this place? Um, I hope that it's accessible for people, queer people with disabilities, to be able to access it both physically in terms of the environment, but also in terms of staff members' attitudes around bodies and identity and that kind of stuff. I'm just really excited to see a place like this being open in Melbourne for what I'm aware of for the first time. Um, And I also just recently got into the LGBTIQ sector uh, working in Macedon Ranges with queer youth and I will definitely be promoting this service to, to the young people that I'm working with. Wonderful. And um, what do you hope will come out of this place? I'm just hoping that uh, the place will provide the services that are so much needed for gender diverse people, that it will be a place that is, that is inclusive and non-judgmental and a place where people can feel Uh, Like they can just be themselves and, yeah, just access high-quality services. Uh, So I actually uh, work at the Victorian AIDS Council um, in the community support program. I'm coming here because, of course, I'm so excited about the opening of this service. Um, It's a service that has never before been seen in Melbourne, Um, a gender-diverse specific health service, and I'm very excited to be here. Great. And um, what do you hope will come out of Equinox? Hopefully uh, greater access to healthcare services for the transgender and gender diverse community. Um, it's so important that, that uh, in particular these, these people have access to health services because at the moment um, they're facing so many challenges when it comes to accessing the healthcare that they need. Um, having a place, a, safe, a place where they can feel safe um, and not judged and just really accessing these services that they need, yeah. Uh, we're here to support um, trans, gender diverse uh, folk. Uh, we think it's really important that they have access to services that everyone else has too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> is that it? Why is, why is this place, why might this place be important to you or other people? Oh, I just feel like 
there is anything like this that exists in Melbourne, or not that I know of anyway. Um, I feel like it's really important that they have a space, safe space where they can um, come and, and discuss and, um, issues about health and uh, sexuality and all of the things that they talked about tonight. I just, um, I can't even imagine what it's like to go to another place where they're not educated um, and they might, yeah, face even just remotely, vaguely transphobic doctors or um, medical professions, yeah. Hey, so why is the centre important to you? I think the centre is really important uh, because it provides an inclusive space uh, for trans people. Uh, if we look at studies, uh, we can see that uh, trans people or queer people for stop are uh, generally discriminated against by their healthcare providers, so giving people a space where they can come and seek treatment without uh, fear of judgement or uh, lack of knowledge is really important. What brings you here today? Uh, well, I'm a trans uh, person and I've gone through many doctor's clinics. Thankfully, I'm really comfortable with the doctor's clinic I'm at now. Uh, but I, I'm here tonight because I see the importance of uh, a centre like this to exist. I'm here because this is the start of something quite new, quite innovative. Um, it's indicative of Melbourne, Melbourne's cosmopolitan environment. It's embracing of diversity and we've brought together um, medical professionals, the gender and sexuality diverse community. We've just, it's just, and look around you, it's just happened spontaneously. There's such an organic, beautiful feel to what's going on, to standing on the street in some part of, where are we, Collingwood, um, and every single person you look at is smiling. How good's that? That's why I'm here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Why is this place important to you? Look, I do think it's important. Um, it, uh, it's an opportunity for people who have been questioning their gender in particular to just touch base with like-minded people, with medical professionals, to have a chat about where they sit in the world, um, where they sit on the spectrum, because the days of the binary are really so historical. Um, even the people in the binary aren't really in the binary. You know, they're, they're married, which is lovely. Um, they're a couple, whether they're um, cisgendered or gay or lesbian, whatever they might be. But there's so much variance within all of that. It's just an opportunity for everybody to realise that we're on a spectrum and every single one of us has a unique place on that spectrum. It's, it puts a smile on my face knowing that there are so many people here tonight just being who they are, being real to themselves, which is probably more important than pretending to be whoever they might be to their family and society.
some some of Vashti Bunyan with Winter is Blue and before that was Four Degrees by Anoni is that? Anoni yes who was previously Anthony and the Johnsons for anyone who recognized that angelic voice Um, lovely voice yeah so um, Anoni just released a new album is that right you were just you've been listening to it yeah Mm. yeah friends like told me about it Mm, so thanks Yeah, thanks to that friend for um, that. Do check out do check out Anoni's latest work. Highly it's, it's recommend It's bleak, it. but it is a really good al- album. Yeah, <laughs> lots of feelings. That's what it, that's what it sounds like. Um, so yeah, you've been listening to Queering the Air on Three CR Community Radio. So remember that you can you can stream online um, or like turn on your radio dials in your car, or if you have one of those old radios at home, turn turn it up. Um, there are a few. Uh, there's something that Iris would like to plug. So Iris, please plug away. So tonight, if you're free at six pm, there's a night put together by a few people called the Criminal Queers Film Night, and it features a film that that talks about a fictional tale of a radical struggle against the prison industrial complex, and it also features some discussion about queer liberation and prison abolition. So if you can come to that. I'll see you there, maybe. Mm-hmm. And where is it at? <laughs> yeah, I should know. It's at Langwell's um, 10 Langwell's Parade, Northcote, Total Vacuum. Great. And um, uh, is there a Facebook page that, or a Facebook event page people could go to or more information for that? There is a Facebook event page. Yeah. So you can search for it under the title of the event. Um, also, do you have anything else to plug, Iris? Not, um, not, not that I prepared. Yeah, <laughs> no worries. No stress. So I just wanted to mention that earlier um, we heard some Vox Pops um, from the uh, Equinox launch at 175 Rose Street, Fitzroy. So do go check out the new medical centre. Again, Equinox provides general medical services, sexual health services, and soon mental health services um, for trans and gender diverse people. So please do do go there and um, yeah, check it out. And a little bit earlier on at the start of the show, we heard an interview that I did with Jacob Baum, a Melbourne-born and based artist of Aboriginal heritage from the Naranga and Garana nations of South Australia. Jacob's um, latest piece, Blood on the Dance Floor, will be showing at the Arts House in North Melbourne from the 1st till the 5th of June, so please do get onto those tickets. Um, you've been listening to Queering the Air with myself, Tanhung and Iris. Um, And hope you're all having a really great Sunday. And up next is Democracy Now!